I'd like to turn your thoughts to the passage we read in John's Gospel, chapter 4. And the words that we have from verse 46 to verse 54, and especially the words in verse 52 and 53. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household. It's a wonderful thought, in fact it's a, an amazing thought, that down through the years, hundreds and thousands of people have come into a saving experience with the Saviour. Down through the years, many have met with Christ. Their lives have been changed. They have been taken from darkness to light. From the power of Satan into the power of God. Redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Think of that for a moment. Hundreds of thousands have believed and believe in the Savior. In this chapter and in the previous chapter, we are told about a number of folk that had such an encounter with the Savior. And I believe that what happened in the incidents that we have recorded for us here, what has happened in every life that has come face to face with the gospel and come to believe, three, at least three elements were at work. And I want us to think of those three just very briefly before looking at the words that are before us. Because with every individual that comes to believe and trust in the Savior, there is a stage in their experience when they are awakened. Awakened out of a deadness. The Word of God reminds us that's how we were born into the world. We are dead spiritually. There is nothing within us that would in any way not just commend ourselves to God, but there is nothing within us that we could say that could bring us to God. There is this total depravity. There is this awful deadness within our souls. And yet, when God by the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, then there is an awakening. Everything begins with God and he is the only one who can awaken the dead so I want us to keep that in our minds and we'll come back to it later on but a second thing that happens I believe is this that there is an awareness in the individual where they become aware that they have a need in other words they're aware of an emptiness within their lives they know, they come to know, they become aware that they are lost, that they are without Christ, that they are on their way to a lost eternity, and that only the Savior can meet them at the point of their need. An awareness. An awakening and an awareness. 
But then, I believe that there's a third element. And that is where there comes the acceptance on the part of the individual. Where God by his word has been speaking, where his spirit has been striving, where his love has been reaching out. And that individual is aware of this, that they are being drawn irresistibly by the love of the gospel. And where they just want to close in with all that is being offered. No longer resisting, no longer running away or no longer rebelling, but willing to accept what is being offered. Grasping the gospel. Grasping this everlasting life which is being put out before them. Those three things. When you turn to the experience of the man that is mentioned here, that's the first thing you notice. That there was an awakening in this man. And I want us to think about it in two ways. First of all, there was the illness of his son. And I believe that that awakened this man and brought him to see his need. But then later on you notice that he was given information that Jesus was passing by. First of all, the illness of his son. A parent concerned for his child. That is what awakened this man to see his need. Now, we don't know much about him. We don't know where he came from. We don't really know what he did. He could have been part of Herod's court. What we do know is this, that his concern and his anxiety for his son led this man to Christ and to faith. Led him to Christ and to faith. And maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're looking back down through the years when the Lord first awakened you to see your need. And it may have been something just like this. It may have been a problem. Some difficulty. It may have been a bereavement. It may have been an illness. It could have been anything. But the Lord in his mercy or the Lord in his providence used that to awaken your soul. And I often think about that. Because as a nine-year-old, my father died. And that was the first thought that came into my mind or the first thought that came into my mind was this. That if I were ever to see him again, it would only be in glory. And God's word says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That was the first arrow. That to, for me was the awakening. God awakening the deadness in my soul. And maybe you're looking back and you, you, you remember that time when you were first awakened. And you can see how things progressed from then on. But maybe you're sitting here tonight.
and you're not sure you're not sure of where you stand spiritually but then you too look back and you can see a time when you were awakened that was the work of God the Holy Spirit you couldn't waken yourself up and when you began to see that you had a need or that you saw that there was an emptiness in your life that awakening came about by the power of God the Holy Spirit when you look at this story a number of things we remember you know the first miracle that Jesus did was in Cana and it was at the request of a mother his mother and now we are being told about the second miracle and it was the request of a father and here is Jesus listening to the, the thoughts listening to the, 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 the cries that come from the individuals but especially when you think of the story here he was hearing the cry the call of this man and it was coming from the very depths of his being the concern that he had for his son led him to Christ and led him to faith maybe you're sitting here tonight and you you feel that you've just been awakened and maybe it's beginning to dawn on you what is happening and you don't fully realize how this is going to develop remember this that when the Lord begins to awaken you to rouse you the Lord doesn't leave you in that situation the Lord's word begins to speak his spirit begins to strive and when the Lord is awakening us then deep within us there are those desires that we have for the Lord for his word for his grace for his forgiveness and I believe as this man had encountered the Savior and was pleading with them to come and to heal his son that he was also aware that there was something else going on in his life but we'll come to that more about that later on the second thing was this the information he had not just the illness of his son that stirred him that awakened him but the information that he had someone told him that Christ was in the area someone told him we don't know who last night we were uh, hearing about different folk that a word here a simple word a word that maybe some a person would have thought had no significance and yet it was that word that reached to their hearts or reached to their consciences that word that awakened them that is something similar to what we have here this man heard that Jesus was passing by that stirred at him that reached right to his heart someone told him we don't know who that person was but you know there's a lesson that you can learn from that it's a simple lesson you can be telling others about Christ you can be telling them in simple words what he did for you you can be telling them 
that he is able to meet their need as well. Now, when you think of this man being given this information, Christ is passing. There's a, there's a possibility that this man was a, a, in the vicinity of where Jesus performed the, the, the miracle changing the water to wine. Or maybe someone else had told him about Jesus performing this miracle. But I think what happened is this. That when Jesus heard that this, that this, rather when this man heard that Jesus was passing by, he remembered the miracle. He remembered what Jesus did then. And I believe that that was the reason why he came searching for him. And with what was within him, it made him come, it made him search. The, the, the working that was going on within him, it made him try. I wonder, what did you think when you first heard that Christ was passing by? That he was the one that could meet your need? The Lord's people can remember with joy how when they realized the Lord was passing by and he reached to them, that he touched them, that he blessed you, that he delivered you, that he made you his own. It's a wonderful thought, telling others about the Savior. So that's the awakening, this man's awakening. He was dead in his sins, but he was awakened. And he was awakened, I believe, by these two things, the illness of his son and the information that he was given that the Savior was passing by. The second thing is what he did, his actions. Now, we don't know, but this man could have tried elsewhere for a cure for his son. But when he heard that the Savior was passing, he went to where Jesus was. And the first thing that I want us to notice is this, his earnestness in seeking the Savior. And he came to where Jesus was and he prayed. He came to where he was and where he prayed. And that he prayed. And I want us to notice this. That distance was no problem to this man. And the way it is put in, in, the, in the word of God is this. That he kept on asking. He kept on beseeching the Savior to heal his son. And uh, when, you, when you look at the words, you know, it's, it, he says to him that he, uh, he asked him to come down. He says, come down uh, and heal my son for he is at the point of death. And it was that he was, keep, he kept on asking the Savior to come down. Now, when you think of that, here is this man at his wit's end. There's no one else there's nowhere else he can go. That's what he feels. There's no one else to whom he can turn. But as I said earlier, this man has been awakened. Something is at work. It's not of himself. It's not of anyone else. God by his spirit is at work. And here is a man now that is seeking. Seeking faith. Seeking the Lord. And there are two or three things that I want us to take from that. And the first thing is this. 
that seeking faith will make an individual attend where Jesus is. That's what this man did. Where we will go to his house, where we will go to his word, where we will go to the place of prayer. That is an evidence of seeking faith. Seeking faith will make us attend where Jesus is. But also, seeking faith will make us attentive to Jesus' words. Again, when you think of it, when, when God begins to speak to you, you listen to the sermons in a way that you never listened to them before. And in some cases we think that when we're beginning to enjoy the sermons that it's the minister that's getting better. But all the time it is that it's God that is speaking to us. Seeking faith will make us more attentive to his words. And when we want to listen to what the Savior has to say, where there is more meaning, where it seems to be just for us that these words are being proclaimed. But there is something else. Seeking faith will make us ask. It will make us ask more of ourselves and of about him. Is not true? It goes on in our own lives. When the Lord begins to work, we begin to ask questions. And some of the questions we ask ourselves is this. Can the Lord really bless me? Can he reach down to where I am? Can the Lord forgive my sins? We begin to ask those questions. Why? Because God, the Holy Spirit, is dealing with us. And we want, we want to ask questions of others about Christ. What he has done. What he is able to do. And so on. And what you discover here is this. Here is a man that is seeking. And he was willing to do anything. And he was willing to go anywhere. In seeking. In order to find the Savior. Surely that's an evidence. That we are seeking him. That the Lord is at work in our lives. When we want to go anywhere to hear what the Lord has to say. So that's the first thing. This man was earnest in his seeking. That's how he acted. He acted in a very earnest way. We are told that when he came, uh, when Jesus came into Capernaum, this uh, official met him. And there's an earnestness about this man in all that he's saying and all that he's doing but there's one other thing that he did and that is he made what you'd call mistakes in his seeking remember seeking faith can make mistakes a person that is seeking the Lord can get things wrong and this man did two things First of all, he limited the power of the Savior. Because what he was saying to him, come down. Come down to my house. Go down to my house. Come down before my son dies. An individual is, is telling the Savior what he should do. Lord, you should be doing it this way. And maybe we find ourselves thinking along those lines that if the Lord is going to save us, if the Lord is going to bless us, then he's going to do it in this particular way. Telling the Lord 
how he should bless us or how he should save us. The Lord did not need to go down to this man's house. So he, limit, he was limiting the power of Christ. Could that be true with anyone here tonight? You're aware of your need. But at the same time you could be limiting the power of Christ. Or limiting the power of the gospel. And you might be asking yourself the question. Can the Lord bless me? Can the Lord help me? And maybe there is someone and you're contemplating coming forward to the table and you're thinking to yourself, will the Lord give me the strength? And sometimes we are limiting his power. But then the next thing he did was this, or the, the other mistake that he made was that he looked for the spectacular. And the way Jesus answered this man, he said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Looking for the spectacular. And there were many in that day. There are many today. And unless they're seeing those signs and those wonders, they're not going to believe. And I believe that in, in, the, in, the, in the life of this man here, there was a hint of that. He wanted to see the spectacular. Like what others would say, seeing is believing. So you can see the mistakes that he made, the errors that he made in seeking. But to go on to a third main point, and it is this, this man's acceptance. And again, there are two things that I want us to notice. The first thing is this, he believed the word of the Savior. And at the very moment that Jesus was healing his son's body he was healing the father's soul that's what was happening but the point is this we are told that he believed in other words he was enabled to believe the Lord helped him to believe and when the, when Jesus spoke to him he said go your way your son will live and we are told this, that the man believed the word of Jesus. He was enabled to believe. How often have we sat under the preaching of God's word and we found it so difficult just to grasp it, to lay hold of it, to believe it. And then all of a sudden, you find that you're able to believe what the Savior is saying, what the word is saying. Because the Lord enables you to believe. We have a man in Skye. And uh, he was drowning. He couldn't swim. And he was seeing what he thought were ropes dangling in the water. And he would make a, a grasp for, for them. And discovered it was a bit of seaweed. And he would grasp and nothing would happen. Everything just gave way. And this was happening over a, a period of time. You know, it wasn't just seconds, but the man felt that this was minutes. And two or three times he would grasp at this seaweed and nothing was happening. And all the time he was seeing something else. And what it turned out to be, it was a rope. And here was the rope that, was, that he could cling to, that he could grasp. The rope that was able to save his life. 
and he felt himself stretching out trying to reach to this rope and he couldn't for some reason and he said all of a sudden he says I was I just stretched out my hand and I was able to grasp it and I was able to catch the rope and he says that's what brought me to safety and he used that story to relate his own spiritual experience throughout his life he was grasping at other things and then he saw he, he saw that the Savior could help him that he was the one that was able to meet his need and he felt that he was uh, re trying to reach out but nothing was happening and then he said suddenly he grasped it suddenly he was able to take hold of it and I believe with this man here we are told that the man believed the word he was able to grasp it and he was able to lay hold of it he believed the word that Jesus said some might put it this way that when this man heard those words that he was that he had a sense of peace that the anxiety that he had it just that it seemed to go and he had this sense of peace that happens with individuals they're seeking the Lord there's an anxiety there's a concern and then they're able to grasp that word and the Lord brings a wonderful peace into their souls he accepted the word though he didn't see the deed he believed the word of Jesus the promise and when you think of that you think of all the promises that God gives to all those who seek him to all those who believe that they have found him the Lord reminds us that when we seek him with all our hearts we shall find him he has promised that he would always be with us that he would never ever ever leave his people there are lots of promises tremendous promises given to us in the Word of God so this man's acceptance he believed the word of Jesus but also he went his way home that's what he did he said Jesus said to him go your son will live the man believed the word that Jesus spoke and he went his way in other words he was putting into action what he heard faith made him go there was no longer any holding back there was no longer wanting to stay in that spot when Jesus said to him go I believe that it was faith that made him go are you hearing words tonight that are telling you to go to go forward are you hearing that word that is inviting you to come to his table here is a man and it was his faith that made him go the Lord enabled him to go but the point is this the man was told what to do and the man obeyed the word of Christ the last thing that I want us to notice is his assurance and the way it is put here that the man you know when he was coming home now the time is not the important thing in this story it's the fact that the man made his way home and uh, on the way he met the servants coming the other way 
And they talked. And by using the common sense that God had given him, reasoning out, this man was able to reach or, or come to this decision. That was the point. That was the time when my son got better. That was the time that the Savior said to me that he would be better and told me to go. Now the point is that when the man met the servants, he asked them the question, when did he start to improve? That's it literally. When did he start to improve? And the reply that the servants gave was this. That, and the, the, the gist of it is that it was a total and instant recovery. Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Now, the man is saying, all this is going on in the man's mind. The hour. When did it happen? What really happened? And this man, just by reasoning out all the events of the past day or the past hours, and reasoning out a number of things, he comes to this conclusion that the Savior not only blessed his son, but the Savior had blessed him. And that was what brought this man, you could use the expression, to a full assurance of faith. You see, there are lots of people, they, they, they have assurance. And then the Lord draws near with a word or something happens and it reinforces their, insure, their, their assurance. And I think that was what was happening in the case of this man. But there was something else. That when he came home, we are told that when he told everything that happened to his son, then we are told that, that his household, he believed, and all his household. What a tremendous assurance given to this man. What a tremendous blessing that this man was given. Because not only did he come and was blessed by the Savior, but as a result of what they heard, as a result of what they saw, they were able to put these things together. We are told that they believed as well. Now there is, there is a, a sermon in that, uh, in that thought, uh, a sermon in that in itself. But I, I don't want to go into that because time is going on. And there are two or three things that I want us to notice in conclusion. The first thing is this. Where there is faith, Faith does not lack prayer. Faith does not lack prayer. An evidence that God is at work. An evidence that we are seeking. When we are seeking him in prayer. That's the first thing. A second thing is this. Faith does not look for signs. You're not looking for this bolt from the blue. You're not looking for necessarily for this wonderful experience. Now, sometimes when the Lord deals with individuals, it can be quite a traumatic experience. With others, it may be just like Lydia, where it is a gentle experience. The Lord opened her heart. And that's why I put it like this. Faith does not look for signs believes the word of God. 
A third thing is this, that faith does not limit God. Faith does not limit God. Think of it this way. How he works, where he works, when he works, and on whom, on whom he works. Faith does not limit God. Now think of that in two ways. First of all, from your own point of view. You don't limit the way God is going to work or the, God, or the way God has worked in your life. Maybe you think something is missing because he has worked in someone else's life differently to the way he has worked in your life. The Lord knew how to deal with you. The Lord knew uh, the best way to bring you to himself. I'm putting that in simple language. Faith does not limit the way God works in our own souls. But also, you don't limit the way God is going to work in the lives of others. When he works, where he works, or in whom he works. Because the Spirit of God doesn't deal with us all in the same way. And sometimes, maybe a newly converted person, they're, they're, they're relating their story to someone else. And that other person raises question marks. Well, that's not the way I came. That's not the experience I had. And sometimes, as believers, we wonder, we question how God has blessed others, or in the way that God has blessed others. We shouldn't limit the way God works and the way he brings individuals to himself. Here is a man that came to faith. His life was changed. He believed the word of Jesus. And here was a man then that was able to go back home and to tell others what Jesus did for him. Here was this man at the first opportunity publicly professing what the Savior did for him. Are you in any way like this man? Maybe you haven't come to the Savior the way this man came. But maybe you're sitting here tonight and you know that the Lord in his mercy has reached out to you. That he has blessed you. That he has forgiven you. You know that it's not of yourself. That it is all of God's grace. Have you openly, publicly professed that before others? Have you done it before your friends? Have you done this before your family? You have an opportunity to do this this coming Lord's Day. To openly state that you are on the Lord's side. Here is a man that believed. And when he told others, others were blessed as a result. May that be true for us all. Let us pray.